Hello everyone and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We're recording on Tuesday, October 26th. It's about 1045 in the morning and the Eagles came up short again week seven against the Las Vegas Raiders. The score was 33 to 22. So now the birds are two and five and in desperate, desperate need of a victory. They need things to change. We need things to turn around because at this point it's getting super duper depressing um on this episode we're gonna recap what the <laughs> mark is just laughing he's dying it's true it's so true yeah but we're yeah. gonna recap what the eagles what we saw from the eagles in week seven we're gonna talk about what we saw from jalen Hurts and Derek carr we're also going to preview week eight we're gonna be playing the winless Detroit Lions, but that does not mean it's going to be easy win. We don't know that, and we're going to still have to put up a fight. So that game is going to be played on Halloween, so October 31st at 1 p.m. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. I'm your host, Rachel Prevet. I can be followed at Rachel Monique on Twitter, and I'm also joined by the one and only QB expert, best co-host in the world, Mark Schofield, and he can be followed at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Hey, Mark, how are you? Happy Tuesday. Hopefully you had a nice weekend. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, Rachel. Um, yeah, I've got a lot to talk about. And I think, look, um, it's going to be a depressing show. So yeah. let's, let's start with some good news. Yes. And I have a recommendation. Okay. We live in a we, we live in a time in an era in a world where if you've got something to say, you can just start a podcast, right? You can just you can buy a microphone, mm -hmm. you can get a camera, laptop, yep. webcam, whatever. You can just you can just start a podcast. Now, podcasting solo is tough. I do it. Rachelle yeah. does it. It's do hard. It. It's hard to carry a show, mm -hmm. and so you sometimes need a co-host. Friends, if you're going to start a podcast and you're going to get a co-host, I have a piece of advice. Get a brilliant, tremendous co-host like I have in Rachel. Thank you. Because Thank she's incredible. She's fantastic. And she sent me a cake. I did. She sent my family a, a lovely pumpkin spice, like yes. fall-inspired bunt cake from Nothing But Cakes. And, and perhaps the greatest miracle, and I'm going to get to miracles in a moment, the greatest miracle of this entire fall season. My kids, the two pickiest yeah. eaters on the planet, oh, they loved it. See. Simone and Owen absolutely loved it. So, That's friends, if you're going to start a podcast, get a co-host like Rachel. Yes, I'm glad that you like it. You know, I pay attention to details, and I yeah. listen, and I remember you talked about it. We we shared that common interest. Like we both love nothing but cakes, and yeah. I'm obsessed. They have a white chocolate raspberry cup uh, oh, cake. Oh, that's in so it. good. But I remember you guys say you like the pumpkin spice. I was like, why not? So I sent it to you guys. And thank you for the video from your kids. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. So, yeah. They absolutely did. So so we start with some good news before yeah. before we get to the bad news. Yeah. Um, here's my, I, I went movie quote. Today. Okay. okay. Um, it's from The Princess Bride, uh, okay. another movie that I love. And for those of you that have seen it, there's the scene where uh, Wesley is basically dead. And they... You know, Inigo Matoya, and they bring him to Miracle Max, mm -hmm. and they get him revived. They get the pill. They drag him away, and then Valerie, Miracle Max's wife, and Miracle Max are like waving the good luck storm in the castle. And she turns to him, think it will work. And Miracle Max is like, it'll take a miracle. That's where we're at right now with the Eagles, I think. Rachel, last week we were all don't bench her. It's like that would be silly. It's way yeah. too early. There was some pushback on that idea. Were we wrong? Like, is it time? 
I still don't think it's time. I still do not think it's time to bench him yet. And clearly, based off of Nick Sirianni's post-game conference, uh, press conference, he doesn't think it's time to either. They've made some uh, roster moves, so I'm kind of yeah. trying to figure out what's about to go down. But I still don't want – I don't want Hurts to get benched yet. I still don't want to see it. But I understand where people were coming from. Be- only because you talked about this last week, if you bench him now, you're not getting to see him – you're not getting to fully evaluate him and his performance this season. Right. So I'm not saying this – I don't think this game – no, don't bench no. him. No, I'm, I'm there with how like, many games I've had so many people ask, well, what week do you bench him? And I'm like, uh, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw a lot of the, like the responses and tweets, like after we sent out last week's show, and there were people were like, well, when do you do it? What do you do it? And Thanksgiving, like, is, is that kind of like a good time frame for it? Like, we give him like another three or four weeks. I think that's fair. I'm, but it, it, it's clear right now, like, Let's let's use another sort of analogy here. The compliment sandwich from from Family Guy. All right, this okay. is how I would sort of sum up this game and basically where Hertz is right now. The first drive that like first open a drive, go down, touchdown. That's great, great. The end of the game when like you're clearly losing, you're gonna like throw yourself back into the game, stuff like that. That's good too. It's all the stuff in the middle. Yep, that's just not very good at all. And it, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I know that. Mm-hmm. Is it easy or hard to win a football game when your offense is only good for like the first five minutes and the last 10? It doesn't seem like that's easy. Yeah, Yeah. that would be very stressful. And and so like there are problems right now across the board. We know that. But I I think you're right. I I don't think you bench him now, especially against a a Winland's Lions team. Yeah. But time's running short here. It is running short. And I – I know it's almost time to start talking about draft quarterbacks. Yes. I know that it's coming. We might even get into that today, Frank. Yeah. Um, but you got to figure out, you know, if you have something in Hertz. And look, with the Flacco trade, mm-hmm. there have been now people saying, well, maybe you play Minshew. Maybe yeah. you see what you have in Minshew, which, okay. But I guess you might want to do that at some point. So in response to all the people that were wondering, I, I think Thanksgiving – like that's, that's what you got to give them to. You give them a couple more weeks there to sort yeah. of figure things out. But at some point it might be, I guess, reasonable to say, okay, well, we're going to see what else we have because obviously we have to make a decision. I think that's fair. It's sad. I don't want to, but I feel like being realistic, you know, some he's the one that's playing at the end of the day. So yes, the, there's a lot of dysfunction within the organization and a lot of chaos when it comes to coaches and offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator and offensive line and the deep the linebackers. But at the end of the day, yes, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback and he has to execute. So yeah. if he's I mean, not being accurate in some of the decisions that he's making, it is frustrating because it's like he has to perform like you were talking about last week. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the unfortunate nature of the position. Like, you know, if the team's winning, quarterback quarterback gets way too much credit for it. People ignore the offensive line, the defense, the coaches, whatever. If the team's losing, it's all the quarterback's fault. And in in many NFL cities, the most popular person in town is the backup quarterback because you you think, like, look at Chicago. Should we go back to Andy Dalton? San Francisco, what's happening there? Like, there are, you know, Miami, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this idea that, you know, changing quarterbacks is the easy fix. Now, I guess with the Eagles, it's a bit different because you mm-hmm. might have three picks in the top six. So like, right. you got to figure out what you're going to do with those. And again, kids, 
if you haven't dabbled your feet into the draft evaluation game for the next quarterback class, let me tell you, it's not like last year. No. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Now there are some kids that I, I like that I think could be great that will be first-round picks, but it's not like last year. Like I don't think you're seeing guys go one, two, three at the quarterback position, which maybe it's not the best year to have potentially three picks in the first six. But Damn. yeah, I mean, it, it, it's disappointing because you and I, the entire run of the show, we've been hoping for Jalen Hurts to take yeah. some steps, and he's gotten a little bit better at some, some yeah. things, but the consistency just isn't there yet, is it? Yes. That's the key, consistent, and we haven't seen that. It's no. like, like you said, flashes. We'll see it in the opening drive, and then we'll see it in garbage time, yeah. the, end of the game. But it's not consistent enough, so that kind of is very frustrating. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and drop my. I did a movie quote, and it comes from Rapunzel, and it says, "Venture outside of your comfort zone; the rewards are worth it." And I chose this specifically for defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon because he still hasn't really been getting like super duper creative and making a lot of like changes. It seems like he's like stuck in this comfort zone. Like this is what he wants and this is what works. So he's not trying to like venture out of it. So to me, it seems like until you take that chance, we're not going to see any results. Like we want to like, okay, could we see some man to man coverage? You know, it seems like he's just kind of sticking vanilla. And we've been hearing about that a lot. So my quote was to step out of that zone. Like maybe we'll see a difference. Maybe we'll see something spark if you guys kind of take that risk. So that's what yeah. I remember. And, and look, Coach Siriati would basically after the game was like, when you give up like a 92% completion percentage to the opposing quarterback, like you got to do a little bit better. I mean, for Cox? Yeah. Talking about uh, Jonathan Gannon's scheme. So clearly. Players clearly, unhappy. Head coaches unhappy. Like. Yeah. It's not. Just it, it's it's not just us. Like it, it, it's a whole lot of bad right now. Yeah. And you know, it, it's gonna take a miracle. Like I said, it's, it's gonna take a miracle. miracle. Now, thankfully, the Eagles kind of get a miracle this week. Yes, they get the Detroit Lions. Oh, we hope so. I feel right. like we, I wouldn't be surprised. The Eagles are the favorites going into this game, but. Based off of what we saw with the Lions playing the Rams last week, they came with some tricks up their sleeve. Yeah, so it, I don't think the Eagles can go in with this easy mentality that oh, so we are we're gonna get this win because if they go in like that, it's gonna no, they're gonna and, be upset. And what's really interesting, Rachel, about this week is the contrast between these two first-time head coaches, right? You know, you got Dan Campbell, you got Nick Sirianni, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like when, when the Lions hired Dan Campbell, he talked about biting kneecaps and all that stuff. Like people mocked him on social media. They said this is silly. That team's played hard for that guy. Like that's yeah. a roster that's thin. Like Jared Goff, look, Jared Goff is yeah. not the answer. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think people would agree with that. And the Lions are in a similar position. Like they have draft picks to play with, but yeah. what are they going to be able to draft for a, a quarterback? They come out there running fake punts. They're doing onside kicks. Yes. Like, say what you want about Dan Campbell. You, maybe you think he's like a, a testosterone-fueled Ted Lasso mm-hmm. or something. Uh, yeah. I saw some people use that, and it's a nice analogy. Yeah. The team's playing for him, yeah. and they seem to be buying in. And mm-hmm. his bravado doesn't seem to be like getting ignored. Then you have Nick Sirianni who's talking yeah. about, we're going to double down on the dog mentality and things like that. And it seems like it's falling on deaf ears right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And like you said, I mean, 
uh, Jared Goff hasn't been looking spectacular. Like he no. has it's, it's his issues, just like Jalen Hurts has his issues. And in the game against the Lions, I guess we might as well just go here and then we can go backtrack. But in the game against, not the Lions, the game with the Lions against the Rams, he completed 22 of 36 passes for 268 yards, had a touchdown and two interceptions. Um, but he also dis- uh, struggles with decision-making. That's one thing. And his pa- uh, pocket awareness is a struggle of, of his, but he has, he does have some threats that will have an impact and possibly make a difference when it comes down to this game. I took note of, he has running backs, Jamal Williams. He has Deandre Swift yeah, and they were pretty decent in the last week's game. Also wide receiver, Khalif Raymond, who's been like one of his top targets. So that's going to be somebody to watch. And defensive, uh, who else, who else, who else, offensively before I jump. Uh, offensive tackle, Panay Sewell. Yes. I would butcher his name. He showed some fight up against yep. Aaron Donald, who we already know is like the best in the game. So that yep. was impressive to see. But they have a pretty young team. So Yeah, I mean, they're young. They're inexperienced. Jared Goff is who he is right now, which is Mm -hmm. a quarterback that's struggling with confidence, struggling with decision-making. Like, there there are throws and opportunities for him to make plays downfield that he's just passing up. He doesn't think he can make those throws right now. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that, again, he's not the answer. But in terms of a matchup against this Eagles defense, look, you mentioned DeAndre Swift, very Mm -hmm. good, talented, multifaceted player. Matching up him against these Eagles linebackers, I think we know how that might end up. Like, that, that's probably not – a good scenario for Eagles and the Eagles <laughs> fans. Look, it, it, you mentioned it, Jonathan Gannon. Like, are you going to change some things up or are you going to keep doing this, this spot drop, country cover three things that we've been seeing where teams are just sort of picking it apart right now? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Jared Goff certainly doesn't scare you like in a vacuum no. as a quarterback or right now. Surrounding, like but it's people. it's everything else. It's the potential matchups that the Lions could put together. That's the scary stuff. And they, uh, yeah. You know, Sewell, like, Sewell, I, I know there are a lot of people saying that Sewell was struggling early in camp. And yeah, sure, he didn't look great out of the gate, but I think he's starting to figure some things out. Yes, he like, is. yeah, he had some help, you know, some chips and things like that against Aaron Donald. But this is Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. a destroyer of worlds. And this is a young rookie offensive tackle who opted out a season ago. Yep. He kind of held his own at times. Um, the Lions, mm-hmm. they may end up 2 and 15, 3 and 14. The 17 game math is always tough for me right now. Mm-hmm. But I think every team that they beat, that opposing head coach is going to be like, man, that team gave us everything they had. Yeah. Like they took the ribs. Like that was a close game late into the game. Yes. Like this is a team that seems to be buying into what their young coach is talking about. You know, they're playing hard right now. It's not a gimme. I know they haven't won yet. It's not a gimme. Yeah. And looking at the defense, Tracy Walker is a steady inconsistent player when it yeah. comes to like their defense and we saw he pressured um did we see this one on this one yep uh he okay 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 uh he did a really good job he finished with eight tackles and a pass defended and he's among safeties who have drafted who have played in all six games this season and he has the third highest grade from pro football focus So among safeties who have played at least two games a season, he comes in at number eight. And then also I was looking at the linebacker on, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this, Anzalone. Alex Anzalone, Anzalone. yeah. 
And he's also another good defensive player. He did a really good job pressuring up the middle when it came to Stafford in the last week's game. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see some more of that pressure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from from Philly's perspective on the offensive side of the ball, I think you have to attack on the outside. Like, like Detroit has some weaknesses at the cornerback position. Like there are opportunities to make plays on the outside. They take Walker and drop him down underneath a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a couple of completions the Rams did where they threw over the top of Walker because they like to bring Walker down to those underneath sort of buzz hook zones. And they were able to get Cooper Cup over the top of him. Yes. You know, Stafford is a very good quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. he makes throws with anticipation. He does the little things like looking off defenders. Like he had one of those deep over routes to Cup. He was looking to the right side, looking to the right side, and then at the last second, brings mm-hmm. his eyes left that's all the little things that we sometimes say look we'd love to see from Jalen Hurts like that's the kind of stuff that veteran quarterbacks experienced quarterbacks elite quarterbacks can do you know will Jalen Hurts be able to do that will he be able to move guys with his eyes will he be mm-hmm. able to sell Walker on a route to one side and then drop in a throw to Devonta Smith you know to the other side of the field judging off the first seven weeks I don't think so yeah and, and you know again he's young He's still developing. We get it. Um, Mm -hmm. But the time's running short here. And yes, on the opening drive of the game against the Raiders, he looked really good. You know, Mm -hmm. he looked really good. I I liked, you know, he's got a little waggle throwback, nice little design. The vertical is touchdown where you had a half Mm batting angle. That was really nice. He made a throw to Smith that was actually kind of dropped. He was made anticipation. He's letting it go right when he – you know, clears the underneath linebacker. So he looked great early, mm-hmm. but then it's like he's leaving empty. He's leaving clean pockets. Yeah. Like he's going to make some better throws. Like he's good at scramble drill stuff, even in the middle of the game. But we knew that. Like that yeah. was a box he had checked. It's the other stuff, the other boxes that remain unchecked right now that we need him to start checking off or we're going to see mustache man guard to Minshew by Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like I said, it's very, very frustrating, but yeah. what do you do? Like, what do you do? They just looked out of whack. They looked lost. It was their in an embarrassing loss. And I think what hurt even more was knowing, like, okay, they had this 10-day break going into that game. And we thought that they were going to take advantage of that. But it seemed like they were even more lost than before. So, yeah. And, you know, you, you see this offense, you start wondering, well, what can they do differently? And mm-hmm. I, I know they're trying some RPO stuff. Defenses have figured out how to make that tougher on offenses. They're muddy in the box because a lot of it is you just simply count. Can you count to six? You know, mm-hmm. you get up there. Do they have six guys in the box? Yeah. Okay. Well, we can probably run the football here. Is it seven? Well, that we can't quite get blocked up. So now we're not sure. They take that overhand guy. They sort of run them in and out, funnel them in and out. You know, sometimes it makes it a tougher decision. You make more of a last second decision, then you get some inaccurate throws. He had some misses on RPO type designs where the ball was a little bit off target because he's trying to figure it out. Defenses are making that pitcher tougher. Um, so so you you think, okay, well, what do they do differently? Do they just call straight play action plays? Do they just call straight run plays? Do they sort of remove the RPO element out of it? RPOs are nice because you can sometimes get people in conflict, but if they're hindering your offensive performance more than they're helping, then you strip out the decision-making. You just say, look, we're going to run the football this way. We're going to run it. Or we're going to give you the can call, right, where it's either a run play or the pass play. And whichever look you don't like, you kill it. I know that sort of gets you back into the RPO environment, but you try to do things differently. You had the three extra days. Yeah. And it it did not help that it just sucked the fact that 
we saw they started running the ball early and then looks what ha- look and see what happens to running back Miles Sanders. So yeah. that sucks because it was yeah. like they tried, but then after he got injured and now he's supposed to be out for like two to four weeks after he got hurt and carted off, they kind of like stopped, like they yeah. regressed from it. So do they continue to do that with Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott? That's really all they have right now. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. I mean, how many weeks have we been talking about a lack of an offensive identity? Yeah. I mean, it seems like we've been Off talking about that since September. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all, all this entire show, right? And yeah. now how do you figure it out? Like, you've got guys banned up. Now how do you figure out that offensive identity? I don't know. Um, you know, I don't I don't think sitting here right now, Minshew fixes it. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe at some point you have to take a look at him. I know they signed Reed Stanette. Like, mm-hmm. he's, yes, we got to get into that. Yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a – I think he's just like a third-string quarterback practice guy. Like, now you've got Minshew propped up to number two. He's going to be getting more work, you know, with, yeah. the, with the starters. Like, I don't know. It just seems like they're setting us up for the eventual move yes. to Minshew to see what they have. It seems like that's coming. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Some roster moves were made on Monday evening. So the Eagles claimed, like you said, quarterback recent off waivers from the Dolphins, and they released long snapper Rick Lovato. So like you said, now we have Jalen Hurts as QB1. We have Minshew QB2, Reese Annette as QB3. And according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport, the Jets sent Philadelphia a, 2000, a 2022 six-round pick that could become a fifth-rounder based off of playing time when they traded Joe Flacco to the Jets. So he went back to the Jets. Um, so now the, the Eagles do own 11 picks in the 2022 draft, but uh, this is just going to be interesting. Joe Flacco, that's, I guess, exciting for him going back to the Jets because now that Zach Wilson is injured, yep. he's probably going to get that opportunity because he is a veteran presence. So that's exciting for him. But it's kind of just like, what does this move mean for the Eagles? I mean, you get another draft pick. I mean, yeah. you get another bite at the apple. Um, player evaluation, drafting picks, drafting players. It's a very, very inexact science. Right? Yeah. Like you miss all the time. And so I, I think a lot of teams like to give themselves as many bites of that proverbial apple as you can get. Now you've got 11 yeah. picks to play with. Um, and it, like we mentioned earlier, potentially three in the top six or something crazy like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot you could do with it. Now, again, you start looking at next year's draft class. It's mm-hmm. very, 
I'd say trenches and defense heavy. Okay. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you've got players on those levels of the field. Offensive line looks pretty good. Defensive line looks pretty good. You've got the safety, Kyle Hamilton. You've got corners and Derek Stanley and Lamont Garner, the Cincinnati kid, who I, I think has yet to give up a touchdown catch this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got some players on those areas of the field. Of course, the question is quarterback, right? Yeah. Now, it, it seems to be like this is going to be a Philadelphia Eagles – draft season at the quarterback position mm-hmm. that's iffy like for example which report they have a group of people over there that are studying stuff Derek Clawson, brandon thorne um nate tice a lot of really smart people they released their first big board on tuesday we're recording this on tuesday on tuesday morning their okay. qb1 is desmond ritter the cincinnati kid okay. agree with that disagree with that whatever they ranked him 22nd overall 22nd like overall yeah he is the only guy in say the top 32 in like the first round range of that's a quarterback. Like you have to get to the thirties to get to Matt Corral. And like, I think late thirties, early forties is Kenny Pickett. And then Malik Willis after that. Now, you know, quibble with rankings and things like that. Quibble with big boards, you grade quarterbacks in a vacuum. Like last year, I think people had Mac Jones as like a second round guy in a vacuum, Okay, but because of the importance of the position, they're going to go earlier. Mm-hmm. And so you might have to take a quarterback that's graded in, say, the 20s, fourth overall or something yeah. like that, just to make sure you get them because of the importance of the position. But that's how thin this group is right now. Wow. And other people like Ian Wharton, for example, you know, he's been talking to NFL executives. He had a piece out on Monday for lines.com, I think is the website he writes for. And a lot of NFL insiders are saying, look, this is a bad quarterback class. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a good quarterback class at all. Now, as a quarterback guy, I, I disagree. I, I think it's deep. I think there are lots of talented kids here that need the right environment and things like that. Matt Corral mm-hmm. from Mississippi, Teddy Pickett, who I really like, had a great game against Clemson this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, Pittsburgh, um, Malik Willis, the Liberty kid, Carson Strong, the Nevada kid, Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati kid. But it might ultimately come down to coaching, landing spot, and players around them. Rachel, this current coaching staff, do you have any – level of confidence that they could draft a raw talented quarterback that needs a lot of development and develop him no because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing with Jalen Hurts and one thing that I had recently heard and we were excited about this going into the season the young coaching staff right but when you think about it the fact that John uh Nick Sirianni is a first-time head coach, but then you also have Jonathan Gannon, who's fairly new as well as a defensive coordinator, and Shane Steichen, who I think is also fairly new as an offensive coordinator. They don't have experience, so they're all – somebody was like, they're the blind leading the blind. Like, there's no experience in this situation. Yeah. We're banking on them to uh, develop the entire roster. Yes, of course, Jalen Hurts, but, like, the entire roster, and it seems like they're failing them. So when it comes to – Changes off season that need to be made in addition to like, okay, yeah, thinking about the quarterback, thinking about the linebackers, coaching staff, y'all might, y'all might need some more experienced coaches when it comes to that core because yeah. they and, don't know what they're doing. The Shane Steichen that's really frustrated and in some sense is surprised to me because last year he was the offensive coordinator with the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. And what did the Chargers do last year? 
Justin Herbert, rookie quarterback, wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, maybe mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson should have won that. But yeah. Herbert looked great. And you would think, well, Shane Steichen, who's the offensive coordinator there, like maybe some of that helped. Well, maybe it was more Pep Hamilton, the quarterback coach, or maybe even Anthony Lynn, the head coach, who were helping Justin <laughs> Herbert and not Shane Steichen. Because yeah. I, I was out there saying, look, you look at these three guys, Lynn, Steichen, Pep Hamilton, what they did for Justin Herbert. You know, maybe there's some reason to believe that Steichen – will have a positive impact on Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, maybe that is not coming to fruition and it was more Pep Hamilton or Anthony Lynn. Now, again, I don't know, just speculating here, but mm-hmm. I had higher hopes for Steichen mm-hmm. and in a sense Sirianni in terms of developing Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That hasn't come to fruition. Now, maybe you could say, well, it's more on Hurts than the coaches and they yeah. can do a better job with a new quarterback. But we're never we all going to be on the same page. Like at the no. end of the day, we're all we're never all going to be on the same page. Some people are going to say this is the reason. Some people are going to say that is the reason. But I am anxious to see. Okay, say come Thanksgiving and we do uh start Gardner Minshew. If we are seeing the same struggles, so that makes me more anxious to want to see it because it's like, all right, put him in and let's see yeah. if we're all if we're going to start winning or if we're going to see a lot more progress or if it's the same struggles that we're seeing with Jalen Hurts that'll show you that it's not just the quarterback's fault it's a trickle down effect yeah and, and, and again it, it's easy to sort of say oh well it, it, it's the quarterback like the coaches they're smart they'll figure things out look no. at chicago look at yeah. chicago right cuz they they draft Mitchell Trubisky and say whatever you want about that decision okay they draft Mitchell Trubisky they trade up one spot to get him it doesn't work they bring in Matt Nagy offensive mind young offensive minded head coach that's the model mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they get to the playoffs in the first year and then it falls to pieces and so what do they do they get rid of Mitchell Trubisky they bring in Justin Fields who i mm-hmm. loved mm-hmm. Justin Fields is struggling a lot right now yeah. now this is QB2 of the Matt Nagy era mm-hmm. what's the one sort of common denominator here kids it's not the quarterbacks. No, nope. it's the head coach. Yeah, and so again, like, yeah, you maybe you're exactly right, Rachel. They go to Minshew, and we're still saying, look, the offense is struggling, and they're not figuring yeah. things out. Minshew's not doing it. So again, what would be the common denominator in that scenario? The coach, not the quarterback. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. Come things oh. like said, maybe because we don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. Like you said, in the next few games. No, I mean, I, I think you yeah. got to give them the Lions game, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and again, we're not saying that it's an easy win and, you know, put yeah. the mortgage, you know, your right. mortgage payment on the Eagles or anything like that. But I think you got to give them the Lions game and see, okay, yeah. now can we figure sort of some things out? Now, what will they do? I don't know. Maybe more standard dropbacks. Maybe, look, if Hertz wants, they, they moved him around a little bit. Mm-hmm. If Hertz wants to be outside of the pocket, then do it by design, boot him, mm-hmm. sprint him out, things like that. I know it's it, it's simplified in a sense, but you might have to, and I know I've said it before, you might have to treat him like Sean McVay treated Jared Goff when he was with the Rams, right? Boot him out, just give him half of the field to work with, just three levels, three receivers to one side, like prop him up that way, be the QB puppeteer that McVay had to be for Goff and see if that works. And if not, and we're still having these conversations come, you know, time for shopping for turkeys and stuff, yeah. then yeah, you make the switch and you see what you have in Minshew because- at that point, I think you'll have decided, look, this isn't it. Yeah. And so now the Eagles will face the Lions on Sunday, October 31st in Detroit. And that game is at 1 p.m. Like I mentioned earlier, don't think it's, I don't think this is going to be an easy win for the Eagles. What do you no. think? Like, do you think they're I mean, I, I think, them? look, I think they should win this game. 
Yeah. Like I, I think we should be back here next Tuesday with a glorious victory installment of the QB Factory reboot. We can be high five and yes, we can, be, we can be eating bunt cake. We can be talking yeah. about how Jalen Hurts looks fantastic. Yeah. But if we're not, Rachel, if we're here next Tuesday and it's well, the Eagles lost a game to Detroit and the Lions get their first one of the season. That I think it's like full on smash the panic mode button. Like, yes. okay, well. Let's start running around panic stricken, which yeah. might make for great content. Yeah. But I don't want to be there. <laughs> no. No. That's not fun. No. Then I'm really going to be like, you know, throw it away. Like at this point, like then the draft coverage begins. Yeah. yeah look, if, if they lose <laughs> to the Lions, we are opening next week's show with yeah. nothing but draft coverage, kids. Yeah, it's going to be quotes from draft day. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about, you know, Kenny Pickett, no matter yes. what. Like, we that's where we're going to be. Best lineup rolling. Yeah. yeah. Hey, kids. We're welcoming in on uh, Joe Marino from the Draft Network to talk yes. about draft coverage. So, like, that's where we're going to be, friends. So maybe, look, if, if that's what you're into, like, if, if you're big yeah. into the draft, then maybe that's what you're hoping for. Maybe yeah. that's what we'll be. Maybe this will be a, a draft podcast next week. Give us like, something to look forward to. Yeah, something. But don't forget to rate, leave a review, subscribe. <laughs> it's just so sad. It's just so sad. It is. It's, it's it's hard, you know. And as I said, I was on a lion show last week. Okay. And they had okay. me on to, to talk about draft quarterbacks. And mm -hmm. usually I'm like a doctor death in a sense. Yeah. Like what a team podcast has me on. It's never to talk about how great their quarterback is. It's to tell us how bad the quarterback is and oh. who we should like in the draft. Like I'm, I'm a, like the Doctor Death of, of yeah. podcasting, and so yeah, that's what we're gonna get now. We're gonna get draft coverage, and yeah. oh boy, friends, buckle up for that one. Buckle up. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, rate, review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media, both me and and Mark as well. And we'll be back next week, hopefully with a victory over the Lions. Like you said, hopefully next week it's rainbows, gumdrops, all yep. good stuff. But all sorts of fun stuff. If not, it will be episode one of the QB Draft Factory reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but any last words, Mark, before we wrap this thing up? Um. Like I said at the outset, get yourself a co-host like Rachel, who's brilliant, incredibly talented, and sends you cake. I mean, those are three incredibly, incredibly important qualities in a co-host. And go Eagles. Go Eagles.